Hey, it's Amber Smith. Welcome to the Conscious Coach Podcast. Welcome to day two of the Abundant Coach Success Secrets. Today we're diving into your offer and we'll do a little bit of the nitty gritty, but a lot of it, I hope to like shift the way that you see your offer in a really empowering way. I feel like our offers are part of how we explain our value to people and we'll get into that today and what I mean by that. But I think it is a secret to choose your offer not on what you think people will buy, but in a way that expresses your values. And so buckle up, it'll be fun. Yesterday, we talked about the power of relationships. We talked about predictability, possibility, potentiality, and how we talk to the people and what that looks like as people move closer to you being the lighthouse. Basically, like the error that I see people making is talking to people in predictability, and that's where all our mind drama comes from. I think you can avoid the mind drama by being in pure potentiality. That's what we talked about yesterday. Today, we're talking about creating a premium offer for the right person so that you feel ethical, so that you feel good about what you charge, that you feel good when people say yes. This is not about scamming people. (laughs) And then tomorrow, we're going to talk about how your best clients find you. So that's kind of our agenda for this week. So I use the word premium offer because I think it's relative, but a lot of people think high ticket is a certain thing, and maybe you don't identify as a high ticket coach doesn't really matter. I like the word premium because the idea here is that we're offering a lot of value for our people. We're offering something that changes people's lives. And I don't think it matters what niche you're in, if you have a niche or not. The idea is, is you're offering a transformation. And so I really like the word premium because my hope is that when people meet me, right, it's not just like another person or it's not just like another opportunity. It's life-changing. That's how I want it to be. And so I like thinking of my offers as premium and I want you to try that on as well. Yesterday, we talked about NSICL, and this is what we are responsible for. Need nothing, serve, invite, create, lead, the five things we're always doing as a coach. And today, we're going to start talking about our client. I teach a concept that I just made up called the five assumptions of deep coaching. And this is what I assume about everyone when I meet them. Everyone at every level of success experiences pain and suffering and has a desire to be witnessed. Every level. My client is the genius of their own life. They want something they don't have yet. They don't have it yet because of conscious or unconscious ways of being, thinking, feeling, and acting. And number five, all of us love it. Like anything is possible for them. When I meet people, I'm playing the role of coach. This is what I'm thinking about. Because if you try it on for yourself, it's true, (laughs) right? Like these are the things that we want ourselves. These are the things that our clients want. And so When I'm thinking about my offer, when I'm thinking about helping people, my content, these are the kinds of things that is running in the back of my mind. And you can use these to generate content. And then today I'm going to have you think about these things in the form of like, how does this relate to my offer? And like I said at the beginning of yesterday, it doesn't matter if you have an offer that you're obsessed with. I think this will help you. If you are struggling believing in your offer, this will help you. If you struggle talking about your offer, this will help you. If you haven't decided on an offer, this will help you because I hope this just creates an opening for you to see your offer differently. So I put the five assumptions in each section. We talked about this model yesterday, but truly when you understand that every kind of person, the people that you know, the people that you maybe have a relationship with and it's possibility, 
And the people that you don't know all have these five things. Like yesterday, we talked about how I try to think about people and pure potentiality the most because it feels the most abundant to me. And I can really see people in their power. The five assumptions still apply. And so I think you can use these five things as a way to talk about your offer, to talk about your coaching and content. And so some of the questions that I have on the right side, what do people secretly struggle with? I always get good responses when I talk about like secret anxiety or things that, you know, if you're a fly on the wall in their house, like what are they struggling with? That's great content. How can you let them know that you understand what it's like? Be the human, have compassion and empathy, but also keep your coach hat on and offer a solution to helping them through it. I think the biggest difference between influencers and coaches is Yes, I can relate because I'm a human, but I also can lead you to a solution. I'm not here to blog. Nothing wrong with bloggers or influencers. It's just that we're coaches, right? So instead of being friend-zoned and saying, I know what it's like to suffer. I know what it's like to be stuck. We also offer solutions out. As a rule of thumb, when I'm talking about problems in content, you know, if I'm presenting an offer and it's something that I used to struggle with, I only share things that I've overcome and I have a solution for. Not that I don't struggle, not that I'm not human, but when I'm talking about my struggles in the context of being a coach, I'm sharing how I overcame it and how I created solutions so that I can stay in that leadership energy. The other question that I have is how can you help your clients get what they want? If you just put this at the top of a piece of paper and brainstormed, this requires some critical thinking. It's not super easy. Like how can I actually help them but you will stand out because there's a lot of people who it's almost like repurposed content or it's like inspirational. But if you truly consider this question, it might be content, but it also might be getting on the phone call with someone and like hashing out how you can help them. It might be sending people a book. It might be solving a problem ahead of time and presenting it as a solution in a brainstorming session. How can you really help people get what they want? And then the last question I think is really relevant, especially if you work with high achieving clients or high performing clients, is their blind spots. Everyone has blind spots, but I think especially as you work with higher and higher levels of clients, this is what's most appealing to them about coaching is like, I know I can't see myself clearly in these certain ways. That's why I want you as my coach. But this applies to every level. And so when you're considering these five assumptions, I like to ask myself these kinds of questions and you can literally create a fountain of content <laughs> about it. But I also think it's a way that you can craft your offers in a way that's really useful to your clients. And also the way that you talk about your offers using this as your guide. We talked about the lighthouse model. I want to talk a little bit more about what that actually means because offers are a part of it. I hadn't really thought about it that way, but your offers give you almost like a reputation good or bad, or powerful or not powerful, empowering or not empowering. And so a lot of times when we think about shining our light, most people think of posting content, but there's also the feeling that people get when they consume your content, like your brand, how they experience your talking, your written language, your colors, your pictures, the way you write your emails. I think it also has to do with the free experiences you give people. The best coaches I know give a lot of free value away, either one-on-one or to groups, and that's part of the business model. I think conversations too. I think about this all the time. When I meet people, it's like, you never know what they're going to remember, but that's part of you shining your light. Even if they don't hire you, it's still valuable to shine your light. You never know who's going to tell who about you. We're going to talk about referrals a little bit. 
but also to practice your powerful coach identity, to practice being the coach that you want to be. Having conversations is an essential part of this work. How people talk about you is part of you being that lighthouse too. I think it's like the good gossip, right? When they're telling their friend about you and they're like, oh my gosh, like I love her content or I love her free masterclass or I love listening to her podcast or I love reading her emails. That's part of you being a light. And what I love about those kinds of scenarios is they're spreading the word for you. They become your advocate. And then values and offers we're going to go deep into on the next slide. Client testimonials and just your general messaging, the things that you stand for, the words that you use. This is how we be the lighthouse. I think for a long time, I saw marketing as me being the lighthouse and my offer was like step two. But the more I thought about it, and I'm going to share some of the coaches that have impacted me today, their offer changed me. Just by hearing about what they were up to in the world, it changed what I thought is possible. And I want to offer that you can do the same thing for your clients just by talking about what you do in the world. Because your offer is part of how you reflect your values, message, vision, and brand. It's a piece of you. It's how you represent yourself. And so I'm sharing some, this is not an exclusive list, <laughs> some words. And I want you to pick three. I think three is an easy way to triangulate who you are. And it's going to be hard. Like I said, this is not an exclusive list. If you want to take this on a deeper level, I recommend just Googling like list of values, print it out. And like, this is almost like a spiritual exercise because it's really defining what you stand for and who you want to be in the world. I think if you pick three about the kind of coach you want to be, the way you want to represent yourself, the kind of coach you want to be known for, one, it'll be hard because then you have to cut off other ways of being. So like this was really hard for me because I'm like, but I am kind, but I am loving and I am gentle. But is that the kind of coach I want to be known for? Is there a better word to describe what I do? Yes. And the reason that I want you to do this is because I think doing this will actually help you be in congruence with your offer, or at least have your offer be in congruence with who you are, so that it feels really in integrity to share what you do, how you do it, what you charge, who you do it with, with the world. If you look at this list and you have three immediately, write them down because we're going to move into how to use this for your offer. If it feels like this is something you're going to keep exploring, I think that that's a very worthy thing to explore. Like, what do you want to be known for? Some of the questions that I want you to consider is, does your offer reflect your values? Does your offer reflect what you want to be known for? Does your offer reflect how you serve the world? Does your offer make sense for your ideal client? Does your offer expand you and your client? We're going to talk a little bit about resentment number. When you think of offer, you're thinking of your price, how you work with people. And I think one of the things that I've learned as I've grown and as I've helped other people become more seasoned in their coaching business is that as you grow, most of the time your prices also need to grow with you because you can deliver more value. And over time, there develops this resentment number where you don't feel great about that number anymore and it's time to raise your prices. And that's actually a reflection of your values. And so I think revisiting these questions and this concept often as you grow, especially if you are one of those people that you're like, I'm always growing. I'm always expanding what I think is possible. I'm always putting myself in places where I'm expanding my capabilities and what I think is possible. Like these questions are really powerful for you to revisit. I'm going to show it some like offer mismatches. Let's say someone was like, I'm a high-end luxury transformational coach and I offer a 20 program for $300. It's like, what? I'm a chill, accessible, inclusive offer, but I charge $20,000 for a 12-month program. Doesn't quite fit. 
I'm a minimal, organized, and loving coach. My offer is six-month program, 36 modules, no access between calls. You have to do the homework. There's a report sheet. Like, it's super complicated, right? It's actually not in alignment. These are extreme examples, but I want to portray that sometimes our offer actually isn't in alignment with our highest values. Fun, lighthearted, practical. I do intensive coaching to explore your greatest desires. It just doesn't quite sit. We want the words that we chose to match what we're offering our clients. It'll feel so much better when you're like, this is who I am and this is what I do. This is what I charge and this is how you work with me. When you say it, you'll have a lot more resonance, congruence, like believability with your client. They're going to be like, okay, that makes sense. You're this kind of coach. You offer this kind of coaching and these kinds of results. It makes sense that this is the offer that you have. That's what we're after, that feeling of resonance. As far as the tactical nitty-gritty, our offers are super simple. It's the price that we choose, the person we talk to, the process. When I think of process, I think of like how many calls, how long. Do you include email support, boxer support, Marco Polo support? Do you do in-person? Like what is the process of actually working with you? What's the promise or the problem solved for that person? If you ever have drama about your offer, it has nothing to do with these things. It's like you're worried about getting rejected. You're worried about people assuming things about you, or it's not in congruence with your highest values. I actually don't think there's a lot of drama about these things because these are just decisions. Making offers and presenting offers is just a powerful decision you make as a business owner. I've taken a lot of courses where this is what they talk about with the offer. This is going to be a small part of what we do today because these are just decisions. So I want to tie it back to kind of what we talked about, price. What values is this representing for me? Because my price is reflecting a value that I have. We talked about pure potentiality. That's who I'm thinking of. The highest level version of my client that I can imagine. The person who's excited to be coached. The person who wants exponential growth. The person who's committed. That's who I'm thinking of for my offer. And if you have a niche, Maybe it, there's some psychographics or demographics that you include in there. Process, what values does this represent? So like one of the examples I'm going to give is I'm very available for my one-on-one clients. I value that. I want to be a transformational, loving coach. So I'm there for them. I give them boxer access. That's part of my process. I give them spot coaching if they need it. Like I'm very involved in their life. And I do that because that reflects my values. The promise, what do you help people accomplish? What problem do you help people solve? I would not overthink this. I think one of the mistakes that I made early on and that sometimes I see other people make is like trying to be so different than other coaches because we're doing the mistake where we're like, I'm comparing myself to other coaches in this circle. But what I want you to do is if you went to a room with a realtor, a barber, someone who owns a car wash, someone who is a grocery store clerk, and then you're like the life coach in the room, you don't need to have this super defined thing that you do. That's powerful to remember because I think sometimes we look at other coaches and we're like, I have to be so different. And that's not necessarily true. So I wouldn't overthink your promise or the problem solved. It's like, I help people lose weight. I help people have better marriages. I help people love their life. I help people grow their business. I help people get out of debt. Those kinds of things. Doesn't have to be this super specific thing because the power comes in actually talking to the person. I think promises and problems solved can be bigger picture. And then when you're actually on a consult with someone or in a conversation, you can be really specific about what they want your support with. Like I said, that's a small piece of what we're doing. What I really want you to know is that your offer is a part of your way of being in the world. It's the bridge of who you are and what you do. 
The other thing I want you to know is all offers are made up. There is no right or wrong offer. No, I think there are offers that are in alignment with who you are. And there's offers that feel ethical or not. Obviously, I want you to choose offers that are in alignment with who you are and that are ethical, that feel good, that doesn't feel like a scam, that feels like service and expansion for you and your clients. And then this last one, offers are simply an exercise in decision-making about how you work with people. You can't mess it up. And if you try an offer and you don't like it, you can change it at any point. It's called pivoting. <laughs> so I want to tell you a story. In 2019, I read this book, and at the time I was charging $600 for six weeks of coaching. So I would work with people for a short period of time, and I was just like kind of cycling clients in, cycling clients out. And I read this book, which I mentioned yesterday, and it changed my life because some of the things that Rich Litvin talked about, his client signed a $50,000 client. I remember reading that, and I was like, I did not know that was possible. I did not think that that was something that was available to me. Like I didn't charge $50,000, but I expanded my awareness because of some of these things that I learned. Coaching creates miracles. If I really believe that, that means I believe in transformation. It means that what I charge has to reflect the value that I'm bringing to my client. It's not about trying to get the most juice out of people. It's like, no, like this is a reflective of what we do together. It's life-changing. My offer is the bridge that can help them create what they want. If people knew how to do it, or if they could do it, they would be doing it, right? That default future they're on, there's a reason that they're not creating it. Coaching is what can help them creating it and making the offer is the first piece of that. I can make up any number I want that still feels like service to the client expansion for me. There's no right or wrong. There are no other coaches like me. This was really helpful when I read that book because I was like, oh, like even if I have the same niche, they're not like me powerful to remember. So part of the offer is me. It's not just the six months of coaching. It's what I do in the six months. It's what I bring to the table. The other thing that I learned was to get myself a coach that draws out the best of me like I draw out the best of my clients. They say that in the book a lot and I believe it. Like get your own coach. I don't need clients. We talked about that yesterday. Getting no's is a good thing because I can only get a powerful yes if I'm also getting clear no's. When I think about making offers, sometimes there's like a little resistance, like maybe you feel butterflies about talking about your price or saying how to work with you or like asking, do you want to do this? And I got over that fear when I realized like nose is a part of the game. I'm just moving on. I'm back into pure potentiality. Because I think if you think about making an offer in the realm of like predictability, possibility, potentiality, when I'm on a consult, I'm in predictability. So there's risk, right? I might get a no. But as soon as that whether I get the yes or the no, I'm going back into potentiality. I'm back into creation mode. I'm back into creating new clients, even if they say yes, because we always want to keep our client pipeline full. So no's aren't bad. It means you're playing the game. If you haven't got a no recently, you probably haven't gotten a lot of yeses either. And so for me, this changed the game. It's like, I'm trying to get myself in a position to get a yes or a no. That's how I'm winning as a coach. It's not getting a yes 100% of the time. It's being in conversations with people where I can even make an offer to get a yes or a no. That's my goal. I have nothing to lose when I remember this isn't about me, which we talked about yesterday too. I have something to lose if this is about me getting a client. I have something to lose if I want people to like me or if I want people to understand me. But if this isn't about me, I have nothing to lose because I'm just here in service. The next thing that I learned was I choose exponential growth, not incremental growth. And I wanted to include that because I went from charging $600. I did not raise my price to $800. 
In 2019, I raised my price to $7,000, which felt like a monstrous jump at the time, but it also deeply resonated with me. It's not for everyone, but it was for me to be this kind of coach because some of the words that my values include is like transformational, powerful. So I wanted my price to reflect the way that I saw myself as a coach. And I want you to consider that for yourself. Rich Litvin tells a story that I really like. He was in his early coaching career and he was selling an offer that he called like instant confidence sessions or something like that. He called himself that confidence guy. And it was on the cheaper end of coaching, $100 a session, something like that. And one of his coaches said, is this what you want to be known for as the instant confidence guy? And Rich thought about it. He's like, no, I want to be the kind of person that people spend a year with me and their life is never the same. And when I heard that, it was like, ding, ding, like tingles in my body. I was like, that's the kind of coach that I want to be. I knew what values I wanted to represent. And so my offer was a part of that. Your offer is a part of your values and what you want to be in the world. And there is no right or wrong. There is what feels good to you and what feels like service to the client and what works. Like I said, we're not in the business of scamming people. Scamming is wrong. I just don't think any of you are going to struggle with that. This book changed my life. I read it a lot. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. So some of my other takeaways from that book and that experience and you know, now, what, four years later... The way you be in the world can impact people even if they don't hire you. And this is part of your offer. I'm going to share who did this for me. His name is Steve Hardison and Rich Litvin. Your offer could change people. And I think that this should be our aim as coaches is like, we're here to help people in paid and unpaid ways. I know there's people that listen to my podcast that will never hire me one-on-one and that's okay. I'm here for both because I think to help people known and unknown is how we create clients from places known and unknown which is one of my like affirmations. I believe that I create clients from places known and unknown, but that means I have to help people in known and unknown ways. The first person that did this for me was Rich Litvin, Reading the Prosperous Coach. And then through like, you know how there's almost like a pedigree of coaches? It's like, who's this coach's coach? Rich Litvin worked with Steve Partisan. And here's another book for you. His wife wrote a book called The Ultimate Coach. I'm going to read from it in a second. Because this guy, Steve Hardison, I love using him as an example because if you go to his website or his Instagram, it is not fancy. And Saj, his content is like, what? Like, it's almost confusing. But he charges $200,000 a year and they have to fly to his house and he's fully booked and has a wait list for like a year at all times. And that blew my mind because I'm like, I thought coaches had to have a funnel. I thought coaches had to look a certain way but they don't. And his offer, that 200K for a year where you have to fly to his house every other week. He lives in Arizona. Some people come from around the world to see him. I was like, anything is possible if I believe it. And so how he is being in the world. I've never paid that man money. I've never worked with him, but he changed my life. I'm like, that's how I want to be as a coach. I want to change people's lives just by being me. Sometimes our offer is what does that for people what we do and who we are in the world. There's a story in this book that I wanted to read because it's related to offers. Her name is Gina Carlson. She was a client of Steve's, but she's a single mom. I'm going to read it because it's so good. And what Steve says to her is what I really want you to listen to. Gina says, on February 1st, 2014, I showed up at Steve Hardison's office with a check for $150,000 to begin our journey. On a side note, how I even came up with that much money twice because I had multiple agreements with him To pay Steve's fee astonished me, and all without mortgaging my house, borrowing, or going into debt. 
This in and of itself was no small feat for this working single mom. And full disclosure, I did ask Steve for the single mom discount. This is the line that changed me. He replied, I would never do that to you. I would never devalue you like that. You are a powerful creator. And if you really want to work with me, how you will pay my full fee will occur for you. That was powerful. I would never devalue you like that. He believed in himself and his offer, but he also believes in people. That's what we have the chance to do with our clients. I think about that a lot. I have experienced this. I've had clients sell Bitcoin, a boat, do different things to come up with the money to work with me because of that statement in that book. I started to believe in people and their power and their ability to be a powerful creator. That's why we don't create offers for what we think people will pay. We create offers for what they can be and what we can do together. But it requires you to believe in yourself, believe in your coaching, but also to believe in the people that will come into your world. You see them in their power. What I like about this last line, the transaction is the first part of the transformation because they understand and choose commitment. Making offers and having people pay you for coaching is a service. You are not scamming them or taking their money unless you have evil intentions. If you have good intentions, which if you're in my world, like I assume that about you. <laughs> I just think that you want to make a difference and that you want to help because that's how I run my business. Even if you charge a lot of money or not, you don't have to. But I think that first payment, that first decision, like I'm going to work with this coach is the first part of their transformation. It's the first indicator of their commitment to their growth and the results that they want. Coaching creates miracles. That means you need commitment. So some of the questions that I want you to ponder today and just in general, always coming back to this, is your current offer a reflection of the kind of coach you want to be? Maybe it is yes, but maybe there's this part of you that's like, you know, there's another level I can step into that I'm curious about exploring because like I said, this is just made up. It's not like some person's going to show up at your door and be like, you are not this kind of coach. In my experience, part of being a coach means creating yourself. Just like we create results and we help our clients speak their reality into existence, we create ourselves and speak ourselves into existence using the words, our offer, how we talk about what we do. And you can grow this. If you feel like, I don't think I'm a transformational, powerful coach, that's okay. Do you want to be? Could we start speaking that? I don't think it's like, the only way to coach. But I know for me, the reason that I got into coaching was because I wanted to change people's lives. I wanted to be part of that process. So I like using words like powerful and transformational. And I wanted my offer to reflect that. If you are worried about rejection, slow down and ask, when did you start needing something from your clients? I check in with myself. This is something you could even do on a consult. If you feel like worried that they're going to say no, it's like, hey, what am I needing right now? What can I give myself? It's like validation or love or confirmation that what I'm doing is legitimate. It's like, I can give that to myself and then join the consult from a place of needing nothing. You're not going to be worried about rejection when you don't need something from them. And actually, it allows you to coach them a lot clearer and lead them through their yes or no. Releasing the need, I think, is something that we have to come back to. It's not something like, I need nothing. I declare it for the rest of my life. It's like you have to come back to it because different phases and different seasons, you're going to start to need different things depending on your life. I think the clarity that I want you to take away is not to let that slip or sneak into your business or for your clients. We're here to serve, here to help. 
Number three, what offer feels like service to your client and expansion for both of you? I love the word expansion because to me that's about growth, but it's also about higher levels of capability and impact. And so I want to feel inspired by my clients. I want to feel like a heck yes for me. I want my clients to feel that too. I want them to be excited and expanded by our work together, but I want to feel it too. And this is where I wanted to talk about your resentment number because sometimes you will outgrow the work that you've been doing in the past. And that's okay. Especially if you're on the path of growth, that's going to be a recurring experience for you where it's like time to level up, time to make new agreements, time to raise my prices, time to work with a higher level client. And that's appropriate. And I think that resentment number is... If you become aware that there's another level for you to take your business and your coaching and you choose not to, let's say you've become aware that you want to raise your prices or you want to be a transformation coach or you want to start working with people for a year instead of six weeks, like I <laughs> I made that shift. There will be a resentment number where if you keep offering your old prices, it won't be of service to them because you're going to feel like secret resentment. Love the client, but what we're doing, it's more valuable than what I'm charging. And that's something to be aware of. And it's interesting because it feels almost counterintuitive. But if you've experienced it, you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, you will if you keep putting yourself into rooms where you're forced to grow. The other question that I love to ask is like, who would you love to see in your Zoom room? I remember I used to take those worksheets on Pinterest about my ideal client avatar. And it was a lot of like demographics. You know, it's like a 35-year-old who's single or whatever, right? Like the person. And what are they struggling with? And what do they want? But what I think a easier question is like, who would I love to coach? Who would I love to see every week? Who would I love to see in my Zoom room? And be radically honest with yourself. I think judging your answers is only going to slow down your clarity about who you could coach the best or who's a good fit. The other thing is that not everyone's a good fit. And I think when you're able to say that to someone, it increases your belief in who you are for. So if you meet with someone and they're interested in coaching and you're talking about it with them, but you have the indication, maybe this person isn't a good fit for my coaching. The best thing you can do is to tell them. One, because you don't need clients. Two, because that's honest. And I think it gives you clarity about who you are a good fit for. And this is counterintuitive advice, especially if you've been in a dry spell or you're like, I want three more clients to be fully booked or whatever. And someone gets on your Zoom room and you're like, I just don't think we're a good fit. The best thing you can do is tell them because now you have clarity about who you do want. And that's a powerful stance to take. And so being honest about who you would love to coach, who expands you, who you're excited to show up for, that's of service to their clients. I think our clients can feel if you really want to be there or not. And you get to run your business this way. Other question, if you had no fear about what people thought about you or your offer, how would you present your offer? My prices are like posted on my website. <laughs> But they used to not be because I was really afraid of what people would think about what I was charging. So I wanted to keep it a secret. And if you don't share your prices on your website, like I'm not saying you have to put your prices out. For me, I did not like my reasons for hiding my prices at that time in my business because it felt like I was doing it out of fear. For me, when I moved out of fear, it was like, I want everyone to know what I charge. If we're talking about working together, they know. They're going to have to find out eventually. <laughs> in general, if we do things out of fear, it's not the right motive. Doing things out of love, out of confidence, out of our own growth, I think that's the way to go. And this isn't just about presenting it on your website, how you talk about it on a consult. If you had no fear about what they're going to say, you wouldn't try to skirt around or be worried about presenting your price or how you work together. You would just say it. 
I like to share my price and be like, what do you think about that? Because I know what I think about it. I think it's great and I think it serves people. What do you think about it? So if you have fear, it's not bad to have fear, but if you want to open the door and look at it a little bit about why you have fear about talking about your offer, one of the questions I would go back to is number one is like, is your offer a reflection of your current values or the values you want to embody? Do you need something from this person? Because a lot of times we need their validation or we need them to understand us or we need them to say this is legitimate and you're good at what you do by confirming through paying you. Like, okay, this person paid me, I'm legit. But what I want to offer is the more you feel legit and confident and almost like at ease with your prices, the easier it will be to coach people and share about your offer and how you can work together and lead them through a heck yes or a heck no on a consult. So if you can eliminate fear, the better. If you saw your clients fully in their power, how would you feel about the price you charge and the commitment you demand? This is something that I think will change your life because it's not only just about believing in yourself, it's also about believing in people and the people that follow you. If you're worried they don't get what you do, if you're worried that they could never pay the price you want to charge, if you're worried that I don't know if like they get it, you're not seeing clients in their power. And I would argue you're also not seeing clients in pre-potentiality. You're probably thinking of someone you know. And that's okay. It's an easy shift. For example, I got an email once about someone who said that I changed my mind a lot and it's hard to predict what I'm doing. And at the time, I think that was really honest. And it made me spin out for a little bit. And I didn't want to write any more emails for a while. I didn't want to like share what I was up to because I kept thinking of her, which is predictability. She was someone I had had a consult with. She was someone that I thought I might coach. It spun me out. But I stopped seeing her and her power and I stopped seeing me and my power. And I was imagining the wrong person trying to sell my coaching. And this happens a lot where you're imagining someone who thinks you're expensive. You're imagining someone who's worried that the money is going to be wasted if they work with you. You're imagining someone who doesn't quite understand what you're doing. Not the right person when you're trying to sell your coaching in an email or on in any other platform. So part of, I think, the slowing down to speed up about making offers is really taking the time to tap in and imagine this person, peer potentiality, the empowered client, the client who is in their power, ready to make a powerful decision, who wants growth, who wants coaching. You can choose to work with people like that. I think where we get in our heads is we're looking at people, maybe like the people who follow us on our stories or who are opening our emails unpredictability or possibility where it's like, I don't know if they can. And you speak through that limitation subconsciously. What I love about going into peer potentiality is you speak to empowered people and people can rise into that identity. They can see themselves as that person and become that person to work with you. And so both of these things combined, when you are doing NSICL and you're seeing people in their power and you're using your offer as a way to express your values and what you stand for and the kind of coach you are, miracles happen. People will start coming to you from places out of nowhere. People will tell your friends about you. People will share you. And I think for me, it's like, it's that resonance and congruence within myself. Like I am who I say I am. And that grows and changes over time. But I think that congruence with your offer being about your values is huge. This is what most people think of, like the price and what they get. But one of the things that I love Rich Litvin talks about in The Prosperous Coach is that clients aren't paying for your hour or the time with you. They're paying for the future that they want. And so these are just details 
your price, the person you work with, all of this is just a detail that you can decide on right now. I think what's deeper than that is who do you want to be in the world? What kind of coach do you want to be known as? What kind of clients do you want to work with? And making your decisions based on that. And then living it in the world, being the lighthouse. Like we talked about. So I'm going to go back to this. Like offers are a part of that. That's why I like actually sharing about my offers is like, this is a testament to who I am in the world. It helps me speak myself into existence, how I want to be and who I'm becoming. Like when Rich went from that confidence guy to people spend a year with me and they're never the same, that was him speaking himself as a reality. It starts with our words. And so offers are the words that we use to communicate what we do. I think they're really important. I don't think they're the most important. I think integrity is more important. I think service is more important than making money. But offers are a piece of that too. And so I want you to see it in a holistic view that like if you're not talking about your offers, you're doing people the service. If you're not confident in your offers, where can you get into more alignment with your values so that it feels like a natural expression of who you are instead of this like, oh, I got to say the price now, you know, because you can just say any number that's made up like we talked about. And so I think if you're going to take anything away from today, your offer is going to change over time. In fact, I think if you are actively growing and pursuing things that make you more valuable to your clients, your price should be growing. The way you work with people should be changing and you can be detached from it. No's are good. If you haven't gotten no's, I bet you haven't gotten as many yeses as you want. And it's nothing to be afraid of. I know for me in the beginning, it felt like such a big rejection when I would say, this is my price, is that you work with me? And they're like, no. I'd be like, oh, they don't like me. <laughs> And that's not necessarily true. They got on the consult for a reason. Something resonated with them, with you. And so all of this being said, share it. Yesterday, I challenged you to make an invitation to talk about your offer in the next 24 hours. I hope you did. And if you guys have any stories, I'd love to hear how that goes for you. Because this is our open sign, right? Like I'm open for business as I'm making offers frequently and powerfully. In the written word to real life people, I'm making a difference just by being myself and making offers as a part of that because it reflects my highest values. Tomorrow, we're going to go into creating the pathways where I think everything will come together because it's about who you're being in the world, needing nothing, serving, inviting, creating, leading, and your offer, which is just a powerful decision and according to your values. And then now it's how do people actually like find us? A little bit about platforms, a little bit about social media and email lists and things, but all of it is hinged on like, we're building relationships. So I don't want to make it too complicated or out there. I want it to be really practical. And that's what we're going to do tomorrow. So go make some offers. I'll see you tomorrow. We're meeting at 10 a.m. and you'll get an email in your link and I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. All right. Bye guys. Hey, I hope you loved and resonated with today's episode. If you did, I know you'd love to be a member of my community in The Matrix. It's where we combine business savvy with the inner work, where I help you build your business in a way that actually feels aligned to you and allows you to create the impact, money, and success you want. Find out more and join at itsambersmith.com forward slash matrix. I'll see you inside.